Hello, welcome back to the Fit and Feminist podcast. Today I am going to be talking to you guys everything scales. Scale weight, our emotions with the scales, um, having a scale goal target, um, scale jumps, fluctuations, everything to do with the scales I'm going to try and cover in this episode. It's basically the conversations that I have on a weekly basis with clients and it's a conversation I'll have with the same people over and over and over and over because it takes a lot of repetition for it to sink in and to believe it. So I can have this conversation with a client about the scale fluctuating and then I'll have the same conversation again a week later and again a week later and they'll go, I need to remember this, I need to remember this. And I don't expect you to remember it and believe it straight away because what we're doing here is understanding or or relearning what our relationship is with the scales and what it actually means. And after 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of having a relationship with the scales in some capacity, it's going to take more than just me saying, don't worry about the scales, for you to believe it. So anyway, I'm going to make a whole episode on it and then people can listen back to it as many times as they need. So first of all, the scales weigh absolutely everything obviously right you jump on the scales it's not just measuring your body fat it's not going oh yeah that's your 65 kilos of body fat right there no it is measuring every single hair on your head and on your body it's measuring your muscle your water your fat your hair your nails your nail varnish your clothes your poo, <laughs> it is weighing everything, tendons, ligaments, organs, your brain, everything that is on that scale is being weighed. If you're holding your phone in your hand, it's being weighed. So when we get on the scales, we need to remember that it is measuring and weighing everything for that one second in your life. So if you jump on the scales and it says 70 kilos, you get off the scales and drink a glass of water, you get back on the scales, guess what? The scales go up because you've drank water. There is more volume on you. If you weigh yourself, then jump off the scales and then go have a gigantic turd, you're going to weigh less. I need you back on the scales because you've emptied yourself of, of a monster poo. So the first thing to remember and to remind yourself when you get on the scales is that it is measuring everything, not just your body fat. This is important to remember because when the scales go up or down, we need to remain rational in that it isn't just body fat. And the scales are going to fluctuate. 100% of you are going to see scale fluctuations. There is nobody on this planet who can get on the scales and it be consistently going up or consistently going down. It's going to change. It's going to fluctuate. So when you get on the scales and it's gone up or it's gone down or it's up, 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 then down, then up, down, down, up, down, that is normal for 100% of the planet. But it's how we respond to those scale fluctuations that determine your success in your diet and your fat loss. The most frustrating thing about the scale fl- scales fluctuating is when you've ticked all the boxes. Say you've just had an absolute belter of a week. You've done all your cardio, all your training sessions. You've hit your calories. You hit your protein. You're feeling good. You're sleeping well. And the scales have stayed the same. You're like, what the fuck? Or they've gone up and you're frustrated and you're annoyed. And you're like, I don't understand it. I did all the right things. Da, 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 da. 
does not mean you haven't lost body fat or that the scales aren't going to dictate that down the line. They will dictate it. They will show you your fat loss down the line. It just means in that moment, you weighed that amount. It doesn't mean that your that your body fat has stopped or that you're gaining or anything like that. It's just for that one moment, that is what you weighed. And it's important to remember that when you stand on the scales, that is what, three seconds of your entire week, and I'm not going to do the maths off the top of my head now, but there's 24 hours in a day, and there's seven days in a week, and you're stood on those scales for three seconds of that. So if you jumped on the scales every hour of the day, they would change. You're going to weigh more in an evening than you are in a morning, obviously, because you've eaten and drank and done stuff throughout the day. You're going to weigh more throughout the day, and then you go lighter on the morning. That is why as coaches, we say weigh yourself first thing on the morning, before you've eaten or drank anything, after the toilet to try and be as consistent as possible. If you're weighing yourself at night, then stop doing that. <laughs> Just weigh yourself in the morning first thing. But yeah, three seconds, if that, of your entire life, that is what you're weighing just in that moment. So for some people, if they have an okay relationship with the scales and they like data and they like numbers, it is actually better to weigh yourself every single morning and take your weekly average rather than only weighing yourself on a Sunday morning. The thing with doing it on a Sunday morning is usually on a weekend, on a Saturday night, you've gone out, you've had a few drinks, you've eaten more carbs, you've had more pizza, maybe you did that on Friday and Saturday. So Sunday morning, yeah, your your scales are likely going to go up. So again, might not be the best time to weigh. Maybe weigh yourself more regularly so you can get an idea of your overall weekly average. So say it's like 70.4, 70 70.2, 70.6, 70.4, 70.6, 70, and then you add it all up and divide it by seven. That is your weekly average. If you step on the scales and it dictates your mood, you jump on them and you feel like shit, you feel crap. I would not recommend weighing every day. I probably wouldn't even recommend weighing until you're in a place mentally that you can actually step on the scales and think rationally and take the emotion out of it and think it is just a number. It is what it is. So with scale fluctuations and scale jumps, this is what really bothers people is when they, the scales just have jumped up four pounds over the weekend and they absolutely have a heart attack and panic and they're like, holy shit balls. Oh my God, I've gained four pounds in a weekend. What have I done? This is what trips people up. So it is not body fat. If the scales jump up one, two, three, four, five, whatever pounds over the course of a weekend, it is not body fat. On the flip side of that, if the scales suddenly drop, like you lose three pounds in two days or whatever overnight, that is not body fat. So sometimes I'll get clients come to me like, amazing news, I've lost one and a half pounds in a day, this is great, and I, you know, I don't want to say, it's not body fat, Sheila, shut up, Sheila. I don't want to be a dick about it, they're excited, and if all their habits have you know, over in place and they've eaten well and they're moving well and they're training, exercising, they're feeling great. I'm like, yeah, okay, good, great. Now let's consistently keep with these habits and let's see what happens. But I'm not going to be absolutely buzzing for it because that just reinforces the fact that one, that the scales mean more than they should, but two, it's me agreeing with them that yes, they've lost one and a half pounds of body fat when they have not. You physically cannot lose or gain body fat that quickly. 
So why have the scales jumped up? What is that if it's not body fat? Well, usually it's water retention. So water retention comes off the back of either eating more carbs or more salt. So for every one gram of carbs that your body is holding on to to use as energy, it's going to store three to four grams of water. So heavier carb meals and weekends, you're going to retain more water. That isn't a bad thing. That's just going to reflect on the scales. The same with salt. If you eat foods with more salt in, then we're going to retain more water because it's increasing the amount of sodium that we have. Hormones is another one. If you're at that time of the month, you're on your period, maybe you've eaten more, your stress is up, appetite is up, so food volume is up, etc, 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 then scales are going to dictate that, not dictate it, they're going to reflect that. So the scale jump is not body fat. I think we, I think we can all agree that it's not just body fat. There are other things going on. There's 3,000, 3,600 calories in one pound of body fat. So 3,600 calories is equivalent to 28 packets of Walker's Ready Salted Crisps. I googled it before we came on here, folks. So for you to gain one pound of body fat, you need to eat 28 packets of crisps over your normal diet. So if you're eating at maintenance, right, you're not in a deficit, you're not in a surplus, you're just floating along at the same weight, the same food, all of that, you're at maintenance, For you to gain a pound of body fat, you need to eat 28 packets of crisps. So usually people who are tracking this and weighing themselves and yada, 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 aren't even eating at maintenance. They're actually in a deficit. So you'd need to eat your 28 packets of crisps and more to gain one pound of body fat if you're already in a deficit over time. 28 packets of crisps in a day to gain one pound of body fat. And it wouldn't even reflect that quickly. You would Those crisps wouldn't become body fat like that overnight. But just for numbers, it's just easier to say that. If you had 28 packets of crisps over a month, so essentially one packet of crisps a day over your maintenance calories, then you would gain one pound of body fat in a month. Now that is more likely. That is where weight and body fat sneaks up on people. Where people go, oh my God, I just looked down and after five years I've gained... 15 pounds. How did this happen? That's because it just takes, you know, like that one packet of crisps over your calories once a day, like to, I don't want to scare you into eating packets of crisps. This is not where I'm taking this. But what I'm trying to say is that it's those little bits that are adding up over time that cause one pound of body fat gain like a month. So when you jump on the scales on a Monday morning and it's gone up three pounds, can you see how ridiculous it is to think that that is body fat? It is not possible. It's not possible. But what happens then is people freak out that they've gained all this body fat, even after trying really hard, they've done all the work and they go, well, fuck it. I'm putting all this effort in just for the scales to say this. Well, fuck it. I'm going to go and eat this and I'm not working out and I'm going to eat that and da, da, da. And they throw the towel in and they give up. Because the scales have just decided that for that moment in time, they're going to say higher than what you wanted. And and that is so frustrating as a coach to see when clients are like, oh, it just really pissed me off. So I just throw it in and just give up because it's like, what, what are you going to achieve then? What you've just set yourself back then. And it's this, this cycle is what most people are stuck in for years. This is the cycle that most people are actually stuck in their entire lives. 
like it, it it doesn't stop. I know a lot of people think, oh, when I'm 50, I'll stop giving a shit. When I'm 60, I'll stop giving a shit. When I'm 70, I'll stop giving a shit. No, hun, you won't stop giving a shit. You actually have to intentionally work on your relationship with food and scales and body image for you to stop giving a shit about these things. Or you will stay in this cycle of fear of weight gain and then restricting your calories and then being hungry, so overeating again. And this cycle of overeating, undereating, overeating, undereating, while your scales are flip-flopping all over the place, generally fluctuating between the same sort of two to five kilos your entire life. So what what can you do if this is you and this is how you're feeling? How do you get out of this cycle? Well, the first thing is to stop weighing yourself. And if that fills you with panic and dread, you're like, oh, but then even more reason to stop weighing yourself. Most people's fear of taking away the scales is they're scared of gaining body fat. But usually the people with this terrible relationship with food and scales and they're struggling yo dieting are gaining body fat anyway. And you're in this cycle of losing some weight, gaining some weight, losing some weight, gaining some weight, never quite getting to where you really want to be. So, oh, blooming heating man's come. So I'm going to have to pause so I can let the gas man in or plumbing man. I don't even know who he is. So, yeah, what can you do? You can stop weighing yourself. You can find other goals that isn't to do with weight or body fat. You can lose body fat and weight without focusing on it. You can have so many other goals and as a byproduct lose body fat or not. By the time, if you focus on, say, learning how to do push-ups, getting back into running and returning to your netball team, for example, the more you focus on these things and training for health and fun and all these other reasons, you'll forget about the scales and you forget about body fat and you become more confident and you enjoy training more because you're looking at other things rather than just how you look. There's no problem with wanting to lose some weight and lose some body fat. That's absolutely fine. You do you. But if it's dictating all the actions in your life and it's draining you, then perhaps it's time to step away from the scales and away from fat loss just for now to figure out actually what else could I be doing? How can I feel better about myself? You've got the rest of your life to go on a diet and lose weight, but it can it's the work on your relationship with food and body image that really, really requires your attention. But this isn't an episode about those things. Those are on other episodes. The other reason people are so attached to the scales is because they have a number in mind that they want to hit. This is really, really common. And usually this number is, well, it's either pulled out of thin air and they just want to hit it because they think that'll that'll be what looks good on them. Or they've seen it in a magazine or they've seen a celebrity weighs this much. So they want to look that, that they want to look like that. And that celebrity weighs that much. So therefore they should weigh that much. That's a little less common now, but nine out of 10 times, this number that people have in their head is a number that they weighed when they felt better about themselves. This could be either pre-children or pre-responsibilities or a happier time in their life or when they were less stressed or when they were sleeping better, when they were more active, when they had more confidence. So they are associating this number with how they felt at that time and they believe that if they weigh that number again they will feel the same way and that isn't true it's not true and and quite often it's 
going to be very, very difficult to get back to that number. And we shouldn't really want to get back to that number. Quite often, these numbers are like teen teen sizes. I've got women in their 40s wanting to get back to the number that they were when they were 18. And I think, why would you want anything to do with what you were like when you were back then? But it's so common. And it's like, well, I was really confident then and I would put on a bikini then and I didn't have, you know, stress then. And it's all of those things. Well, that's not the number. And the number is really easy to focus on. If we control our food, we control our exercise, we jump on the scales and we only focus on a number, that's actually the easy bit. The hard bit is actually realising I'm not happy in my marriage. I am miserable at work. I have no purpose. I'm stressed out my fucking eyeballs. My kids are doing my tits in and I haven't slept for 400 years. Like the harder work is recognising what is actually going on for you why are you not feeling how you felt before and how can you get back to that place what are you missing or what do you need more of but clinging to that number is so so unhelpful really unhelpful it's not going to get you where you want to be and the clients I have had that have then reached goal target numbers have gone like well, I thought I was going to feel this way and I still don't or I thought my body was going to look like this and it doesn't like just because Reese Witherspoon looks jacked at 64 kilos doesn't mean that Sally is going to look jacked at 64 kilos like every single human body is different and even if you are the same height as somebody and the same age as somebody it doesn't mean that if you weigh the same as them you're going to look anything like them you won't so having a number based on what other people look like at that weight or what you used to look like at that weight is silly even if you've not had kids even if you've not had kids and you're like I just want to get back to where I was when I was at uni like it's going to it might not even be possible I'm not saying it's impossible but it might not be so why would you want to chase a number for the rest of your life that may not even be achievable and just go round and round and round and round it might be achievable but how about we get there as a byproduct of other things without it being the sole focus it could take you years to get there if ever and I just think that just sounds like such a miserable existence like we can do better than that my last dieting phase I was I got down to 58 kilos I would be miserable if I hit 58 kilos again because that means I've not built any muscle I don't ever want to be that that weight again even if I diet again if I decide in two years time yeah I'm going to diet and get my body fat percentage down and blah 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 and I got to 58 I'd be like what the fuck I've not changed in two years nothing's changed I've not built any muscle I'm no stronger like that would annoy me there's no way I want to go back to weight I was a few years ago it means I've not changed as a person I've not grown I've not literally grown I mean like muscle like I don't want that I don't want that for myself so I don't I don't want to get back there and we just have this as women ingrained need to stay small and lean and light and I remember when I was about 20 I just had this number in my head that I I was in the states I was measuring in pounds and it was like if I was 136 pounds, that would piss me off. I wanted to be 130 or 135. I can't really remember. It was 130, 135, one of those. It was like, if I was a pound over that, I was pissed off for the day. If I was a pound under it, fucking brilliant. Like, <clears throat> so when I'm saying this stuff, like I have absolutely been there. 
I'm not sure what 136 pounds is in kilos, to be honest with you, and I'm measuring kilos now, but I do not want to ever weigh that. And I have no weight target in mind now because I don't know what my body's going to look like at certain weights now. I just don't, and I don't care. Like, I just don't care. But that has taken work and it has taken practice to get to this point where actually what I care about is my health and my fitness and enjoying my training and not hurting my back. Oh, that's 30 for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I have absolutely been here. So I know I've got this frustrated tone in my voice, but it's because I have been there and you can come out of it on the other side and feel so much better when you let go of a number and let go of the scales and work on other areas of your life that are more meaningful and more important. You will feel so much better but it's letting go of that. And if there's conversations in the school playground, and there's conversations with other people about weight and food and what you're eating and your diet, like, oh, just suck it off. You know, I just cannot be fucked with that anymore. Like, just suck it off. If people try and talk to you about it, just say, I'm not talking about it. Or walk away or change the subject. But we really, 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 if you have a, if you have a really bad relationship with food and body image and the weight and scales and you're aiming for a target number, like, you have to let that go. And I know that's going to fill you with fear because we're scared of gaining body fat. But why are we so scared of gaining body fat? Where has that come from? This is where we start talking about internalised weight bias and weight stigma and all of those things for another day. But yeah, challenge your beliefs, challenge your thinking around it. If you've got crap relationship with the scales, get off them. If you have a good relationship with the scales and you can think rationally and you like data, then maybe try weighing more regularly so you can get a better picture of your, you know, trend your downward or upward, if you're gaining weight, um, scale trends. That is it from me today, folks. If you have any questions, you know where I am, at Laura Randall Fitness or info at laurarandallfitness.com. And yeah, let's chat. If you've got any questions, just let me know. Bye.